When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to another Leeds That Euro special. And it's a special special today because we're we're still talking about it ahead of the final. Can you believe it? England have qualified for a final of a major championships for the first time since 1966, which is, I can confirm, well before any of our lifetimes. I'm joined today by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Thanks for coming back, mate. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I was not talking to you. Oh. We're going to have a chat today about Leeds United, obviously, and then get on to the main event, a little event that's uh, creeping up on Sunday. And we're going to talk about what your plans for final day are, because I don't think you'll be staying in bed and drifting away. I think we'll actually have proper plans this time. So Leeds United, James, you keep your eye on things at the club. What's going on? Don't pin this on me. Uh, well, we've signed we've signed someone, which is good, isn't it? Well, we said goodbye to someone and we signed someone, which was a bit harsh. I think they probably would have done it on the same day if it wasn't for, you know, obviously feeling a bit insensitive about it. The guy we signed wasn't the guy you were flirting with on Instagram either, is it? Uh, no, hopefully he's still coming. So we've signed Junior Furpo. I'm reliably informed he has a decent moustache. But other than that, what do we know about him? Zero on my behalf. I, I watched some. I watched some videos. He looks good. I saw the highlight reel. It's the the highlight reel that's three or four minutes long. It's the it's the ten hour with misplaced passes. You don't want to see, I suppose. <laughs> Beware got... the Adrian YouTube montage. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I've not watched a YouTube montage since uh, Philippe de Costa. Yeah, there uh, you go. I stick to Wikipedia. And I think he's made forty four appearances for Barca over two seasons. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like to get carried away with the fact that he's played for Barcelona, so he's brilliant. But uh, I do trust Orta and obviously Bielsa. He'll be fine. 
I was going to say, and I don't really mean this harshly because I'm not his biggest critic, but Kiko Casillas has got Champions League winners medals, hasn't he? So it's not always a measuring stick. But he did do an interview today where he was talking about what it's like to train with Lionel Messi. So it, if <laughs> if that's not a benchmark of how far our club have come, then uh, we're signing defenders from Barcelona who are coming to us to enhance their career. That's crazy. I, I, I saw that he said it was a bit of a risk coming to Leeds, um, which I suppose that's, you know, in his book, he's taken a drop out of Champions League football. But there's no risk for him, really, is there? He's coming to a club that's got, you know, an absolutely unbelievable manager who knows exactly how he wants to play. And we literally don't have a player ready to play in that position. It's kind of, it's kind of like a no-brainer. And, you know, the fact that Victor Orta went over there and quarantined for five days, whatever it was, to try and convince him. Uh, and that was one of the major selling points for him was because, you know, this man had come, basically put his whole life on hold to try and sign him. I think it's, yeah, it, it'll work out fine for him. No risk. The, the risk when you sign for a club who are not playing at the same level as the club that you've been playing at. Now, obviously, it's Champions League, whereas before, if we sign anyone from the Premier League that were dropping to the Championship, is that if you don't perform at that level, then you have sort of decreased your personal value and worth as a player. So you've got to go there and crack on because any kind of player who came to us in the Championship from a higher stature place and didn't do it, then started looking over the shoulders to a lower level. So you've got to come in and prove the risk is that he doesn't prove that he's at this level, in which case, what's his next move? So I think that's the type of risk. I think it was pretty good as well that he said that he was coming here aiming to play Champions League football. And you know that that's not just him spitting out that ambition. That's the club saying it to him that that's where they see us being and, and that they need him in the team players like him in the team to try and get there so and anyway it wasn't a risk for Becchio he played at Barcelona yeah I think uh, for me I like like it's been like a 180 degree turn for me in terms of when we sign players now you know that they're coming here obviously for the right reasons but also you know they're coming here knowing how much work they're going to have to put in you know they're literally you know sacrificing their lives in a way you know to to do things the way be also wants it doing um, you know because they care so much about their career you know they want to enhance their career whereas you know five years ago or less people that came to Leeds were coming to get it on the CV a lot of the time you know just to play for Leeds you know to say they've played for Leeds or to you know be at Ellen Road and, and all that and have the kudos that's attached to it and maybe the followers as well so yeah no I'm, I'm confident completely at ease looking forward to seeing him uh, strut his stuff and Janny's gone officially are we sad Yes, of course. I'm sad. There's a lot of history there, isn't there? A lot of mad, weird history. And it'll uh, we'll always look back on him fondly. We'll probably look at him fondly in the future as well. He'll probably be doing some mad shit elsewhere. To be fair, maybe it's the right time for him to go as well. You know, he, you know the way we're heading, you'd maybe start thinking that he would become, you know, potentially a, a liability as we move forward. Not that he was last season at all. It's probably unfair and harsh saying that, but... I think uh, the story arc is is pretty nice where he's left it. So good luck to him. Don't go to Galatasaray and have a fantastic few years, make a load of money and good luck to him, yeah. Gianni was such a special player because he he could do the best stuff in the world and he could also do utter dross and it was genius. <laughs> and But when, um, when I met him at the... We went to the Player of the Year Awards after the Aston Villa game. <laughs> And 
like that was the the night when it was so funny because Pontus Janssen was still absolutely steaming, right? He was fuming and he got like, he was so angry. He made Liam Cooper follow him and go outside because he was too angry to talk to people. It's like, you know, like at school when someone stormed off and they're like, come on, come on, come on, we'll go in. So he grabbed Liam Cooper and made him go with him. But most of the players, like Johnny was the most lovely person and desperate to have his picture taken with people and be that guy. And that will always probably be my overriding memory of, of, of Johnny Alioski because he was, he embodies what life should be all about. It's just fun. He is, he does it for fun and he's actually a genius because he knows so many languages. He's a, a beautiful, beautiful man. And I hope he has a great career and is welcome back to the club in any capacity in the future. Well said. Lovely that, Paul. Thanks. Sometimes I do these little rants. James, what does McGurk the Riddlers mean? So we signed uh, McGurk from Wigan. I believe him and Joe Geldhart obviously crossed paths at some point, didn't they? Um, they're, they're good friends. There's a great video of McGurk like doing some football skills with a toilet roll. I don't know if you've seen that. Very good. I'll try to dig it out for you. Yeah, he's super talented. But since then, he's grown his hair a lot. And he looks like someone from the Riddlers. Do you remember Riddlers? Nah. Right, I'll share is a it, picture with you. Is it a Batman thing? No, no. It's like a really old, like, I don't know if it was I, like ITV or BBC kids program when we were younger. Right. I'll, I'll show you it. It's no use, is it, if you don't know what it is? Yeah, he's got very big ginger hair. And hopefully he's good. My fingers crossed. All the all the best were signing up. Young talent were raiding Wigan. Come to Leeds that for all the best analysis on new signings. <laughs> I mean... We're getting round to talking about the, the actual ongoing football and the final Leeds United news is we've got new training tops. <laughs> so They're quite smart though, aren't they? I had one in my basket. I never completed the purchase though. Why? Why? What made you stop? Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I was I was trying to choose between a hoodie and um, something else. There was like two pounds in it and uh, I couldn't make my mind up. And then I thought I'd decide later. And that was that. Still, still here, still sat in the basket. It wasn't because you thought, hang on, I could save those pennies for the lovely lilac-y, purple-y away. Yeah, might have been in the back of my mind, yeah. What is it, violet? Is it a violet colour? I don't know. It's not purple. Is this the rumoured one that was shared earlier on today, is it? Yeah, it looks a bit like someone's put their white shirt in the wash and it's come out of silly colour. Is it lilac? Is, is that... I think it is, but we'll yeah. see. Mm-hmm. All will soon be revealed. Actually, talking about players that were dumped out of the Euros, I saw someone sharing on Twitter today that they met Stuart Dallas, obviously, who uh, should still be there as part of the England squad, and Liam Cooper. So he did not get a big break, did he? It's <laughs> it been two weeks since Scotland went out. Oh, it must be at least that. They, they, they never really were in it, were they? <laughs> but, um, it, it surely yeah, was. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Was it harder to get knocked out of the first round than stay in it? I think it was a bit. <laughs> It was virtually impossible. Yeah, let's let's get onto it. And we haven't actually had a chance to catch up since the Ukraine game. So I said in advance of that that my, my brother was going and he uh, very kindly sent us in a few uh, audio clips of to capture the essence of the evening. I'll dot them around this episode somewhere, maybe in the intro, that kind of thing. We'll have them in here. Nice. But yeah, he had a he had a great time, and it was good that he he was he was basically the opposite of the several thousand Italian fans that are going to be at Wembley on Sunday. He was the English guy in Rome rather than the Italian guy in London. Um, but he had a great time. He had, he had a obviously had a great time because we won four 0 It was it was 
probably, depending on how Sunday goes, it was probably the defining performance for for this Gareth Southgate England team because it everything clicked in that game and it all worked. It was better the performance than than the Germany game because we were. And I know it's about you've got to beat what's in front of you still, but then they weren't amazing. But it, I felt Saturday night's performance was a bit of a classic. I, 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 can't, I can't count it as a classic, to be honest, just because we scored at such the right times, you know, getting the early goal in the first half. And then I think we scored two within five or six minutes of the second half. Obviously, that's a brilliant thing. And the fact that they did that means that it was a brilliant performance. And uh, and that's obviously true. But yeah, I don't know. It just seemed that I was a bit underwhelmed in the end, just because it was almost felt too easy for a quarterfinal. A bit too routine. Yeah, just very uh, un-England like. I'll quite happily take the unroutine, comfortably winning games over nerve-shattering penalties, extra time, all that stuff. Yeah, can't can't hack that. It it was great. It was good. I'm really pleased to manage to go to it, and it it was a it was a great result. And uh, yeah, it's just it's like what we said at the start, though, isn't it? I think Rocco, you were on the one where we talked about it, just saying tournaments are always about momentum, like they always are. And, and every time we go into them, people forget it. Like everyone forgets it and they're pissed off at Southgate, pissed <laughs> off at everyone. They want everyone sacked. They want everyone dropping. Kane's rubbish, etc., uh, etc. Et and we won't jump into the Denmark game because we want to talk about um, uh, Rocco. You went to Wembley to see the other uh, semi-finals as well, didn't you? So what the hell was I saying? Momentum. I was saying momentum. But and then you completely say? lost it. Yeah, <laughs> completely lost it. I completely lost it. Yeah, anyway, I'm sure it was really good. You'll you never know now. momentum. <laughs> Let's get on to Tuesday night then. So semi-final one, Wembley, 60,000. Well, there weren't because you could have had tickets for that one up until kickoff. However, uh, you were there, Rocco. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I was there. Um, so I'm half Italian. Um, so Italy... Italy was my team in the 90s, to be honest. When I was growing up, um, I was I was a passionate Italy fan. Um, but then as I became an adult and could travel around and watch England and, and follow them around, and obviously the fact that I'm a full-blown Englishman, you know, England is my team, but still retain a, uh, a love for Italy. So I went to the game and, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was one of those where, I mean, I was just completely engrossed by it the whole time. But I was sat there thinking, I was, I was worried that people on TV wouldn't appreciate it because there wasn't that much goal mouth action really but then you know afterwards obviously reading the reaction everyone you know everyone was saying it was a bit of a classic and yeah I thought it was brilliant just to, Spain were fantastic Italy did a great job to to hang in there in the end um, yeah just a really tense night and just exactly what you expect or, or want from a, a semi-final of that magnitude. Were you in with the Italy fans? Yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't in um, like behind the goal, low down with with the uh, you know with the rowdy ones. I was just above the. I was well, I was bottom row of the top tier. In fact, it's quite funny because my ticket was restricted view, and I swear to God, I've never had a better view in my life. There was, no. there was nothing restricted about. It. I was on the first row of the top tier, so you know, you just see everything. With the Italy fans below me, um, yeah, it was fantastic. But Italy dominated. We had. Pretty much 75% of the, the stadium, I would say. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. James, do you have some Italian heritage? None at all. I have a, um, a distant family member that's married into Italian family, in, in, an Italian family. They live in Milan, just outside Milan. But um, yeah. That's where my mum's family's from. Ah, really? Yeah. My um, This podcast, we actually discover that me and Rocco are related. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Well, it's not long lost families. Like. <laughs> That's where yeah, Don Don Matteo was on that this week. Anyway, um, my my that's, uh, related. that's fine. Yeah, exactly. 
my wife's nana's uh, Italian, oh, and right. she's from uh, she's from Ventimiglia, so not too far from uh, that area. I got the train from Ventimiglia to Milan once. That's another story. They don't want that story repeating on air. That's disgusting. <laughs> Matthew would tell you that at some point. Yeah. Uh, so I guess my uh, my daughter's some part Italian, and do you know which part of me is Italian on Sunday? The uh, the sweepstake part, because my wife pulled <laughs> Italy in the sweepstakes. So obviously I'm desperate for England to win, but there's a little £60 sweetener if, uh, <laughs> if it doesn't go too well. So uh. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, let's get on to Wednesday night then. So I'm just going to do a little tale of woe. And I don't, I don't expect any kind of sympathy it's fine but you know this is the lead that podcast that's about that moment when it all goes pot well my england that moment is that i had tickets for the croatia game and we and lost it in the ballot and had tickets for the quarterfinal in rome and had to sell them due to travel restrictions and then got offered the germany ticket but couldn't go due to uh, work commitments so uh, Luckily, hero James stepped in and then um, had to self-isolate and had to sell my semi-final tickets for Wednesday night. So uh, it's definitely coming home because I've been utterly cursed this tournament. Yeah, you've had a rough time, mate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's horrible. It's all right. I just had to get that out there for the... the, Memento, it's come back to me. (laughs) 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 And and it's come back at the right time because we're talking about Denmark and we built momentum... entirely at the right time for Denmark in that we were accused basically going into after the first round essentially the group stages that we were not attacking enough sideways passing etc and then all you've seen since that point is us attacking like I know we're attacking a different way to to what we're used to with Leeds and maybe it's not to our taste um because we we are now football snobs but it but it does happen like England are attacking nicely and going at it going at teams in a proper way you think when Denmark changed up the the formation in extra time to try and uh, to try and get back into it we were we were still attacking like we were counter-attacking up the field and going for it but then suddenly calming down and thinking actually no let's let's just hold it in the corner let's see out this game we don't have to give the ball away in the 18 yard box and then surge up the other end of the field it was it was great it was kind of everyone who's doubted Southgate and everyone I think at that point were finally won over getting past the semi-final was the was the winning everyone over moment yeah I, I think um I mean I've certainly doubted Southgate um yeah I wasn't happy with his tactics and his approach but the Germany game I think for me yeah, that that turned me completely because you know I, I really respected the fact that he stuck by what he believed in, didn't play all the players that everyone wanted him to play, and they got the job done and, and they won. Um, but yeah, definitely on the semi final, the last hour, so like the last half hour of ninety minutes, and then extra time. I just thought they were superb. It's just wave after wave, wasn't it? They, I think they handled it superbly well and. Obviously, lucky with the penalty, but yeah, that that happens when you you know piling people into the box all the time. 
as we've seen with Leeds in the Championship. It was a bit like that, really, the way, you know, you get into the box and England was struggling to break them down. It was a bit like, you know, those Wigan games or, or whoever where, you know, nothing would fall for Leeds in the box. It, it seemed like that for a long time, but yeah, they, they got there in the end, deservedly so. It was interesting because I think he genuinely took it in a calm, which is crazy because I, I was thinking you've got to do it in the 90, you've got to do it in the 90. But then when you realise that if you take it as 120 and they've made all their subs and they are knackered and we've made one change who we later hauled off, then it's, um, then, and we had the chance to bring people on. We were so dominant in extra time. We could have had way more, but we, we played it conservative and safe and they could have walked it in for a couple at the end really but I saw someone uh, I think it was football accumulators or was one of those things on Facebook had posted a picture of Calvin Phillips and said that it's something something about him being an unsung hero or something along those lines and then like there's hundreds of comments of people going you got to drop him for the final, bring Henderson back in. I'm not even a Liverpool fan, but Henderson's shown so much when he's come on. I failed to see what he does for the team. So can we explain here, and, and I'll back it up with stats in a minute, but what does Calvin offer to that England team? Energy. Energy for a start. Um, he's just absolutely all action, isn't he? I did think, to be honest, I thought he was, he, he did look nervous in the first 10, 15 minutes and I, I was a bit worried for him, to be honest, but then, he grew into the game. He got better and better and better. And I think he was—he wasn't man of the match because Kyle Walker was just an absolute monster, and, and Sterling as well, and, and probably Shaw and even Maguire. Don't like saying it, um, but Phillips was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And he, and he, he, I mean, he, he did lose the ball a few times because you'll probably bring out a stat for his uh, pass completion, and it wasn't a hundred. And he did end that three-minute, fifty-odd passing move, didn't he? He put it out of play, which was oh, I was absolutely gutted. gutted. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's the energy, isn't it, in the team? Well, that was one of the criticisms levelled at him that he, his passing wasn't decent. So, what do you think his pass accuracy was? It, his he wasn't great in the first half because they put him under pressure. But I have a feeling this actually turned out to be very high. I reckon you're talking like I don't know, top eighties. Yeah, L- LUFC data's got it as 90%. I've seen someone else have it as 88%. So it's like yeah, ridiculous. That, yeah. And that's and that is 74 successful passes. Um and and, the, and again actually something that my dad always used to level at David Batty. Someone was saying passes it sideways, he passes it backwards. He played the pass of the tournament. I am not convinced it was intentional, <laughs> but it was insane. <laughs> so fair play. Yeah. But he also had um Nine ball recoveries, uh, four successful long passes, three tackles, one, two interceptions, and two ridiculously poor shots. So <laughs> it was. I think he. I think he had a good game. And someone, thing- someone else said he was exposing Declan Rice and leaving him exposed. They're just talking rubbish, aren't they? The. I mean, Declan Rice is positioned on the field in case the defence are exposed. That's kind of his 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 role so it's a bit ridiculous that but I think the main thing for Phillips in in the England setup is that he he just presses unbelievably well he like puts them under pressure and he doesn't always win the ball back but in the next movement because they're under that pressure they tend to lose it so he does all the kind of the gritty work at Leeds though he's like he's just all over and he he does that and more because his game is like he must do. It. He does a lot of interceptions at least. I haven't seen as much of that in this tournament. Maybe it's because of the, where he's playing. But he seems to win the ball back from from what looked like bad passes. But it's just him reading the game very, very well. 
Yeah, I hey. think Leeds is, is screening the centre backs, isn't he? And uh, getting yeah. the uh, the passing lanes, as the yeah. kids like to say. Um, yeah, it, I, I mean, it, it's it is it's an unnatural position for him that he's playing for England, you know. And, and he's, he's he'll get the ball, and you know, he's probably getting the ball with his back to goal a lot more. You know, he's not got the whole pitch in front of him. So it is a very different role, um, and yeah, a, I think he's doing it great. It's a different role, and he's become undroppable. He has. He is undroppable, isn't he? Like, you know, even even when they were both on yellow cards, Declan and uh, Calvin, Declan Rice was off first for Henderson. Calvin yeah. was still there. First choice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the other night as well, Rice came off, didn't he? And yeah. Phillips finished the, the 120. It's brilliant. Absolutely love it. Fair play to him. Well, I think obviously we're all chuffed. It was it was a relief by the end of it, but there's a massive outpouring of release. I'm chuffed that Sweet Caroline's got going on that widespread scale because I love it. I love it. It's not just it's not just a special for the Keithley Whites or the Harrogate Whites on the bus on the way down to some dodgy <laughs> boozer. It's now a widespread football anthem as it deserves to be. Um, before we come on to talking about Sunday night and, and Sunday night's game, let's have a talk. Let's see if we can come up with either a Wally with a brolly or a dentist chair moment. Do you have any thoughts on that? Either of you, James, you're stroking your chin. I quite liked, well, you probably saw this, Rocco, but there was that guy um, in the crowd at the Italy game with a stop putting pineapple on pizza's <laughs> yes, flag. That's it. Which, that's uh, the moment. Which I thought was great. It did make me feel like, um, you know, people should just take loads of banners with of uh, pineapple pizzas to the England game on, <laughs> on Sunday, but I don't know whether that'll happen. Yeah, but which is that? Is that the Wally with the Brolly moment or is that your dentist chair moment? Because it's Take genius. You guys vote. You guys just, vote. It's just <laughs> a lovely moment. Uh, yeah, I think probably the dentist chair one for me. Although I was going to I was gonna nominate uh, Chiellini for the dentist chair for his uh, treatment on the on this coin toss for yeah. the, not the shootout. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I could, I could see it on the big screen and I, I was thinking, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, just see him laughing and smiling, picking up Jordi Alba. He's, he's a genius, really, isn't he? Like I've I've had a, lots of people messaging saying, which I kind of disputed a little bit, but I see it really it is how like nobody else loves defending like he does, and when you see him like come up and win his headers to clear corners and stuff, it's like you've no doubt that he's going to win every header and clear a corner. And it reminds me a bit of Janssen when he was first doing that that particular role for Leeds, which is why I thought. Mm, I think Pontus loves loves defending, but there you go, Chiellini. I'll give him a bit of praise now. But he did it. He's actually uh, he's actually a bit of a Wally, isn't he? Because he's given a bit of added motivation to the England troops by saying that he expected us to be there because we had six of our seven games at home. He's constantly just trying to ruffle feathers, isn't he? And he's that sort of character. And I think England are wise enough to know what he's like. So it's probably given more of a backlash in the um, fans community rather than the players, hasn't it? But yeah, exactly. Rocco, what's the? Um, I think he's assistant coach, or he might not be assistant coach. No, because he's Gianluca Vialli assistant. I'm not sure who is the smart dressed guy who looks yeah. like he looks so Italian. His yeah. hair, his hair is immense. His facial hair is immense. His glasses, his suit. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I don't. I don't know who it is to be honest. But he is. He's an absolute picture, isn't he? There was a there was a great you know these twitters where it's like you, you remember Southgate back in the day where he's writing on the notepad and then everyone had their version <laughs> yeah, yeah. of what was being written on the notepad. There's one of him showing like something <laughs> on a board and then the next one was <laughs> the next photo was like looking at leather moccasins. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> 
That was brilliant. What is right, his well, name? I'm going to look up his name. Hang on. What is his name? What is his name? Italy coach with moustache and glasses is assistant. Albert, his name is Alboricio Ivani, AC Milan legend. Never heard of him. Well, I haven't. He has got impeccable taste. Let me just share my screen. Let's see a picture of him. I know no one else can see it, but there's classic sun as well, this headline. Just utter rubbish. It's an Italy coach with moustache and glasses. <laughs> it's just an Alberto Ivani. Look at that. That's magnificent. He's so cool. He is very, very cool. Anyway. He does look like one of those, uh, you know, those masks that you used to get with the glasses and, yeah. and the nose. He looks like a head waiter that's showing you to your table. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Right, so let's get chatting about Sunday then. What are your plans for final day? Stay in bed, drift away. Sunday for me is actually uh, my daughter's birthday party. Um, So there's there's quite a bit of family getting together and I think we're going to stay over and watch the game. Did you not try and get a ticket then? Um, well, we had a look the other day and we, we we landed on corporate tickets, but unfortunately they were about, uh, I think they were £70,000, something like that. So uh, I think we'll, we've decided to give it a miss, to be honest. Uh, we tried to tap people up to invest in that, but they weren't going for it. No. So, we'll, you know, sadly. You, you should have come to me. I'd have heard from you. I'd have, I'd have thrown a few, few tens of thousands in. Oh, Rocco. Oh, well. Now you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to my mate's house. Um, there'll, there'll be a gathering of us. Uh, there'll be a few Italians there as well. Um, so it should be uh, it should be nice. It should be tasty. It will be very tasty. S- not sit in the middle, because obviously you're an England fan, Rocco, but you can yeah. sort of be a mediator, because you've, you've got some sense of it all, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, to be honest, it, it does uh, massively dampen it for me. I feel a bit cursed that England have finally got to a final and, and we have to beat Italy um that that's really shit but um yeah like you say one of my teams is going to win it so that's quite nice as well but always glass, glass half full man I don't know where I'm watching it but I'm I do know that I'm going to wear the same shirt that I've worn uh, for each game because it feels like it's been a good charm and it might stink but I don't know because I've lost my sense of smell so who knows <laughs> <laughs> only joking uh, I wash it every time. Yeah, we'll see. But go on then, Rocco. You must. You've got a, a unique insight into this game. Tell us how's it gonna go. Um, I think, funnily enough, uh, the man that we all spend our whole time watching, Calvin Phillips. I think he's going to be the key man, to be honest, because I mean it's all about the midfield for Italy. I mean, obviously they've got a really solid defence, and that, that's a given. But in terms of the pattern of the match. England are going to have to compete in that midfield against, you know, Jorginho, Barella and uh, Verratti. And Phillips is going to be the man that's, that has to unsettle them. You know, Rice isn't going to do that. So it's all on all on Calvin's shoulders. Good luck. Oh, jeez. No pressure. Do you know what? He, if anyone could shoulder it, it's him. He, I know that he may have had a few nervy moments, but you get to a final... I, I wouldn't want anyone else in my camp because I think everything over the last couple of years that Bielsa has done has conditioned him for this moment. You don't need to talk about big game experience. We've had massive games. I know it's, and no, none of the players have played in a final, no Englishman has, and none of the Italians have because I, I think there's no survivors from the World Cup winning team yeah. now. So, so this is a unique experience in that respect for, for every player on that pitch. 
See, everything you say is now making me unnervy because you even said like Cal- Calvin's got a shoulder and then I, I went to, oh God, has he still got that shoulder injury? And because like, I know, I know I sent a picture in our group earlier and there's a shot of him like clapping up to the crowd and you can see it under his shirt, like on his arm, like it's all sort of strapped it, strapped up there still. And oh God, please. You're, you're worse than my mother-in-law for worrying about stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I can believe that. I can believe that. But also... I'm worried about it. Calvin Phillips isn't worried about it. <laughs> That's all we have to really be bothered about. Honestly, the, uh, on Wednesday night, I was most worried about Phillips having to take a penalty. And all I could think oh, was, yeah. how the hell does his mum feel? If I'm feeling like this, you know, <laughs> the clock ticks down, oh my God, is he going to have to take a penalty? No, nah, yeah, he'd have been well down the pecking order. It was funny because when we brought Kieran Trippier on as well, I was thinking, God, if this goes to penalty shootout, did you see how badly he was at handling the Harry Kane take his penalty? He didn't even watch. He turned away. <laughs> It's like if he has to take a penalty, he's absolutely screwed. Kane's penalty was so lucky. Uh, it's a goalkeeping error that I don't care what anyone yeah, says. Yeah, well, it is. It it is. It. His problem was he tried to catch it. If he didn't catch it and just parried it away, it wouldn't have been an issue, would it? Yeah. Maybe he'd have caught it if he hadn't been blinded by a big green laser pen. <laughs> by Boris Johnson with a green laser pen. <laughs> All the sense in the book. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy either. Everyone loves Casper, don't they? <laughs> so, all right, let's leave it on this then. Is it coming home? Is it finally coming home? No one wants to answer. Uh, I'm going to say, yes, I actually do think it'll come home. I think England will win 2-1. Or oh, on penalties with Phillips scoring the winner. Oh, Rocco, that is pretty bold. But Rocco, can you tell me when is your book finally coming to people's homes? It's coming on. Uh, it's coming home on the 2nd of August. Oh, lovely. Just in, time, just in time for the new season. Exactly. Uh, we'll exactly. put a we'll put a link on our website to it, anyone listening. So go and go yeah. and buy it. You can get it on Amazon everywhere. So yeah. That was so smooth. What what is it called again, Rocco? It's called Marcelo Bielsa versus the Damned United. And it's a, it's a review of the two seasons leading up to our glorious promotion. And today is the anniversary of the five nil thrashing of Stoke. I'm led Ooh, to believe. A good part of the book. Only a year ago. As you said on Twitter, James, can you believe it? It does feel like five. I know. I know someone, someone very dryly said no to me and then <laughs> and then accused us of having a boring conversation. But it feels like an absolute lifetime ago, doesn't it? Can I touch on that for one second? Because that Stoke game, um, I think it went a bit under the radar. The fact that it was scheduled for Good Friday. And we were in exactly the same position as we were the previous Good Friday when we were playing Wigan. We needed 10 points for a promotion. And we should have beat Wigan 5-0 and we lost... And the players went out and they beat Stoke 5-0. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I want I want a um I don't know if there is one. Maybe there is like a, a, a DVD, a season review like they used to have in the old days yeah. from the club yeah. shop. I would want I would love that. I bet there is one, and I bet Matthew's got I think there oh no, he was buying the uh, Amazon Prime documentary. Anyways. You can get them in book form. There's a there's a there's a book out, I think, in on August the second. <laughs> That's it's, true, very true. Yeah. You can paint the you can paint the uh the footage in your own mind using Rocco's words. Exactly. Um, anyway, is it finally coming home? I think you're right. If 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 Calvin, well, there's, to be fair, there's seven or eight people that need to win their battles, and if all of them do it, then it it's maybe not in 120 minutes of football. <laughs> so so your answer is, if we beat them, we will win. Correct. That is my Great. philosophy on the outcome of that game. I, I'm going to say it's coming home. It's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming home. And Boris is going to give us an extra day off at some point and 
he's going to take all the glory and everyone will tell him to. In fact, I reckon he's going to make Freedom Day the Monday after a bank holiday. And it's just going to be like, way this massive outpouring of amazingness. We can, we can reflect on this next week and uh, see how wrong we were. <laughs> no, but nobody would listen to that. It's true. So, we'll say what we want. It'll be like a grief cast kind of thing where we get together and like, mm, but no, Rocco wouldn't. We'll bring him on and he can cheer us up about how wonderful Italy was. And I'll have my six, I'll have my sixty quid and uh, old fence sitter over there will be chuffed. So yeah. right. Well, on that note, I hope everybody enjoys it. And just remember, if it doesn't come home, they're all at Thor Parch getting ready for the new season, and that's where our loyalties really lie. That's our silver lining, and we've got to play them lot first, and that's in a month. Have a great Sunday. Speak soon. Network.